Welcome to the Matters of Movement podcast. I'm your host, Christina Whalen Chabot. Join me in exploring all the things that impact movement and how we can all strive to move better to feel better as I interview movement experts, researchers, and real people who have made big and inspiring changes in their lives by turning to movement and wellness. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am welcoming Jeanette Oduro. Hello. How are you today? Hello, darling. I am doing phenomenal. How are you? I'm good. And just because I like to come clean on all my podcasts. (laughs) Be honest with us. (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time we're doing this because of, you know, podcast mishaps. So Mm -hmm. thank you for coming back a second time to grace us with your presence. And the way I look at it is, is that I enjoyed our talk so much the first time that we get to have it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. I was thinking to myself that the 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 magic in the first one that was created was was too was too much for yeah. the world at that time. So <laughs> we've come back again. <laughs> but no problem. I, I appreciate you having me here. I appreciated you having me then. Still appreciate it now and uh, just happy to be here. Good. I'm glad. Okay. So let's read your bio. Jeanette has been fascinated by the depths of humanity, business, and the universe her entire life. This fascination turned into a deep obsession after having gone through severe depression and anxiety in her adolescence that changed her perception of the world and ultimately catapulted her on a journey of both personal and professional understanding, harmony, and contribution. Currently, her passion has led her to being the operations manager of New Way Thinking Company, Inc., health and life coach, and operations and project manager for coaches and entrepreneurs who need to unlock their inner J, which we'll get into later. So with five years in the industry, countless seminars, teachings, and trainings, she's committed to creating a future filled with more aligned and and intuitive people. So beautiful. Every time you, even the first time you read it, I was like, damn, did I write that? It felt so good. It's like, damn, that makes me sound phenomenal. Just kidding. You uh, thank are you for that. phenomenal. <laughs> you are phenomenal. That's why you're here. Exactly. Um, so actually I met Jeanette at a, um, at an event just over a year ago by a mutual friend. And I was just drawn to her then and whole trip around the sun brings us back here and I get to invite her on the podcast. So amazing. Jeanette has a beautiful program in her mind that she is creating and wanting to build. And so I want you to tell us a little bit more about this program. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've been, <laughs> let's say I've been talking about her, even thinking about it for quite some time now. Right. And it's, it's crazy that it, finally feels a little closer than before. However, you know, the program that I, I, I'm creating right now is centered around Black women particularly, but obviously open to, to women of color who need support, you know, as they're going into the next phase of their life post, you know, mental illness or a big, a big block or shift, you can say, in their, in their personal well-being and their growth and in their, their ability to, you know, love themselves. So I found in my own history uh, with mental illness that, Once you got out of what I call, let's say, the survival phase where, you know, you just need to get to the next moment, you just need to make it to tomorrow, you know, you, 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 you really don't understand, let's say, the, 
the the situations that face you when you start to feel quote unquote better about yourself, right? You and it's it's kind of similar to let's say getting out of rehab. It's when you get out of rehab, you're exposed to all of the same, you know, dangers, right? Because your environment is still technically the same, because the people around you are still technically the same, even though you personally are like, you know what, I'm ready to to be better. I'm ready to fix things. I'm ready to grow. And and a lot of people don't have support throughout that process. And I, I'm grateful that, you know, I, I, I found support in some ways um, and ultimately went down a pretty interesting path. But for the most part, I had a, a system in place around me to be able to, to heal in an effective manner, right? And of course, there were mistakes that I've made, but I, I guess the point of being a coach is that you, you go through a lot of things, <laughs> you make some mistakes, you uh, go through trainings that can help other people avoid those same scenarios. So that's really the premise behind the program is to, is to be a support system and kind of a catapulting uh, platform for women, particularly who have experienced, you know, mental illness or a big, you know, section of adversity to be able to, you know, look towards the future again, to be hopeful again about, you know, what they want to create, how they want to show up while they're here. Because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when you're in that survival mode, you know, all that you're thinking about is, is, is feeling better. But then when you finally feel better, what do you want to do now? Yeah. And that's really, I think where my program steps in. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, it's really beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're doing this. One of the things I've been reading a little bit more about mental wellness recently. Mm -hmm. And so in the absence of illness, what, what does that look like? Right. And the way that I have been seeing it kind of framed lately is that, you know, you want mental fitness, right? So in the absence of the illness, we want now fitness mm-hmm. and we want to be thriving. And so I yes. feel like that's where your program falls. It's like now, now you're there and you're there to kind of catch them and say, okay, now we get to be thriving. Like exactly. let's get together. Yeah. You really summed that up. Um, and I was so excited about what you were saying. I was kind of cutting you off. I apologize, but <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's it. And you know, it was, I, I, I didn't, it kind of hit me like a, like a ton of bricks actually, because, you know, I do have a friend um, who, who technically is, it's in that healing phase right now. And, you know, she started asking me questions one day and it just kind of like smacked me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody really talks about in mental, in mental health, mental wellness, and the personally in, in the space that I have seen you know, that talks about that thought process when you know you want to be better and you know you want to do better, but you haven't necessarily been given enough tools and support to implement or to really say, stay, let's say, diligent about the new neural pathways that you're creating or that you want to create, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it just takes a shift in the decision to be like, you know what, I, I want to be better. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to thrive. I want to work towards something greater. But you know, the decision is, is the first part. Now, Mm -hmm. now is the work. Now is the, when I'm faced with adversity, how do I, how do I react as this new person, right? Mm -hmm. As this, as the, as the person who, who wants to be here as the person who's, who's trying to be happy. How does, how does that person show up in situations and conversations? Right. So I I really, that's, that's really it. Definitely. You hit it on the head. Ding, 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 ding. Christina's the winner. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and I feel like for people who have suffered from uh, mental illness, I mean, yeah. I have had my own bouts with depression. And so I know that many people who have had kind of catastrophic experiences with mental health, I could see that they, they could probably feel they look back at their past and see a history, right? Yes. They see where they attempted to do something and it didn't work. And then yeah. they tried to do something again and it didn't work. And so they see this line of, or this lineup of all the failures that exactly. they've experienced in the past. And so what in your mind does this program do for women yeah. that have experienced that? Well, first off, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm feeling all the feels right now because I'm like, you're hitting it on the head, right on the head. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, this is it. This is it. Anyways, um, excuse my uh, excitement. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're so right. You're so right. And I'm, I think I'm even getting emotional thinking about it. But if your history outlines, you know, all of the things that have gone wrong, all of the mistakes that you made, or even in, in my case, you know, with my own experience, and I'm sure that Christina will put a trigger warning on this, but you know, I used to, I used to self-harm. So I see my scars every day. They're on my body. I can look at them, even though I haven't, I haven't, you know, had a, had a self-harm thought in years, I can still see the scars and feel them and remember the pain. Right. So when you're constantly faced with all of these reminders about the person that you used to be, it's really hard to show up as the person that you want to be. Yeah. Right. And I almost want to say that again, because it sounds great. But when all you see are reminders, when all you see are reminders about the person that you used to be, it's hard to be the person that you want to be. So, you know, where I see myself, where I see, you know, myself and my program coming in is just to remind you that, you know, you're allowed to to change you're allowed to grow in fact you're expected to grow but if all you have around you is the same environment the same people the same habits the same job you know all of the same things that maybe you may not be ready to let go of you know you may not understand the purpose as to why you need to let go of them you may not know how to you know process your emotions based on the person that you were showing up in that environment again and the person that you want to be today right? You may need help navigating that process because it, it is, it's kind of easier said than done, right? Because you're kind of starting at, at a, at a, at a ground zero place again. You know, if you are like myself and when you were going through it in, in, in your adolescence, potentially, or even Christina, like you mentioned too, I'm not sure when you experienced your, uh, your own emotions, but for me, it was in my adolescence. So in the time when I was figuring out who I was in general, I was also spending a lot of times in my mind battling myself. So I kind of had to figure out again, like, okay, well, who, who am I actually, right? Am I this person who only responds to pain? Am I, am I this person who, you know, is debilitated under pressure? Like, or can I be someone who, who sees, who sees a date or, you know, dangerous or scary or whatever type of situations. And is like, you know what, I can do this. How can I approach the situation? What tools, what skills, you know, what things do I need to know as the person that I want to be so that I can stand in that power, you know, so I can, I can rise to that occasion and not just settle for what I've created in the past. Let's say that. Well, yeah, and 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 making this attempt different than all absolutely, of the exactly, yeah. 
Sounds like such a powerful program. So we talked a little bit, we had a little chat before we started all of this and we wanted, we were talking a little bit about health and from a physical standpoint, Mm -hmm. how do you see health uh, being a module, a part part of this program? How do you see it fitting (laughs) in and being a part of building these women up? Yeah. So, (laughs) so we were joking about it earlier because, you know, I'm, Technically, I, I have a health coach certification, um, and, and that just means I, I know and can help you facilitate the best diets and, let's say, lifestyle mm-hmm. you can, that you want to create for yourself. However, I am not a nutritionist. I am not a dietitian. Okay. I'm not a personal trainer. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know what I know. Um, yeah. And can assist you in, you know, creating a framework for yourself. Absolutely. But health, um, health looks different on everyone. Let's start, let's start with that, right? A healthy individual um, is, looks different to everyone, right? So where this is going to fit in, in the one module, maybe, maybe more, I don't know. But <laughs> in the in the module about, you know, health, I really just want to focus on, you know, finding your flow, finding what is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of the approach that I have to coaching in general, because, you know, not everybody is the same person, right? There's, there's, there's principles and there's philosophies that are the same. Absolutely. You know, there's character traits or let's say uh, characteristics, personality types that we, we try to embody to be better people. However, you know, if you're trying so hard to be, to be, or to do something that doesn't fit into your regular flow, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. So me telling you, let's say to do intermittent fasting, but you, you literally <laughs> like you can't, you, you want to die every time you have to wait to break your fast because you're starving. <laughs> That's, it's not going to work. You're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you, if you, if you, um, you know, you, you think that you'd like to be plant-based just because you, you, you think that it's healthy for you, but you, you don't actually feel connected to being plant-based at all, then, you know, you're not going to be driven. You're not going to be motivated to do it. So in, in, in finding health parameters, I, I really, really, really just focus on, let's say finding your flow. And I just mean like finding what's going to work for you as an individual and it's kind of an over-encompassing approach. So there's obviously some main pillars, drink water, drink lots of water, as much water as you can. Right. <laughs> um, but also be acknowledged, be, be uh, acknowledging the fact that, you know, you, you have to also monitor how much you do drink. So for example, some people can drink a gallon of water a day. Some people cannot, their body cannot handle that amount of water. For example, I've, you know, I've, I've read of stories of people working with clients in the past and they've said, you know, you've got to drink X amount of water a day. But then they realized that they were just, uh, when they were going to the bathroom, they were urinating all of their nutrients because the way that they process liquids in their body is not the same. Yeah. So, (laughs) right. Like everybody's bodies are different. So in, in the module that I create about health, it's really just going to be around asking yourself a very, very specific questions about how you want to be living your life. Right. Do you, do you want to, you know, be able to, to eat what you want when you want to eat it? Awesome. Do you want to just be focused on getting more energy? Uh, Awesome. Let's do it. Do you want to be focused on, you know, being able to still be flexible, do yoga, you know, maybe mm. go for a run with your kids. I don't know, but we oh. have to, we have to cater everybody's goals to them 
and and actively, you know, set the plan of action to that as well. So I, I want to say it's kind of more of a holistic approach ultimately, but you know, I I'm I'm more you feeling like your health plan or your action plan for you know your 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 body, your mind, and your spirit is going to fit you as an individual and not you as an archetype or a fill in the blank, yeah. if you will. And I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> because we're we're people we're not we're not caricatures right yeah. everybody's a, everybody's an individual so um that's that's really that's really my focus right is finding what works for you as an individual person and yeah. then sticking to that plan as much as you possibly can yeah absolutely and you know I think about my own my own self you know I I come from this background I did phys ed degree and then I did a master's in exercise physiology and so for a a big portion of my life I was surrounded by varsity athletes at university and like I had this whole kind of concept of like what movement and physical activity was and it was always kind of centered around the athlete and around kind of high performance people. And I was never that person. So I always kind of saw myself kind of outside of all of that. And as I've spent time away from that environment, even though it was highly enriching and I learned so much about everything, um, I have now been able to see health from the perspective of a person who was not a high performance athlete, who is a mom, who is a regular everyday person. And, you know, having the responsibilities that I have, I had to kind of shift my, my gears. I, in a way I thought I had to work out for an hour at a time. Mm. Well, I don't have an hour to spend working out. Who does like, (laughs) (laughs) not me, not me for sure. Yeah. So, you know, that being said, I had to say, okay, well, you know what, working out for short, periods of time is fine. Right. And so being able to model a health plan, you know, even when it comes from food or movement, whatever that is, you're absolutely right. Flexibility is so key for success because that's what you want. At the end of the day, you want people to walk out having felt successful. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you create goals that are attainable. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's very, very simple. No, yeah. you're totally right. You are t- exactly right. And it's it's interesting because I'm never going to be the the individual who says, you know, work with me over someone else. You there are people, I can name drop you many people right now who will help you get to, you know, yeah. your very specific let's I don't want to necessarily use the word rigid, but you know, if you've got like really really serious like health goals that you want to hit, you know, I want to drop 20 pounds by X. You know, mm-hmm. this is not that program, but no. I can point you to one. <laughs> I could give you one. So if you want that one, hit me up. Okay. In fact, I'll name drop her right now. One of my best friends, coach Chris. So get your body right. Okay. (laughs) But that's not, that's not my focus. I would just want, I, I like, if we're talking about living your optimal health life, that's that, those are the foundational blocks I want to help you build. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're focused on a specific health goal, if you're diligently, like I need to run a, a, a quarter mile or not a quarter mile, a, like a half marathon or things like that. I can't say, can't say that that's uh, my area of expertise, <laughs> um, but absolutely can help and point you to one. And uh, in addition to that, I was also thinking about, you know, as you were talking, Christina, um, about being a mom, you know, and, naturally our bodies especially as women who you know I want to be working with 
our bodies fluctuate and change consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Right. Where our bodies are naturally moving in this cycle. And like, I've actually undergone, you know, additional training to even just understand, you know, the, the, our, our bodies as women and how we can start to navigate, you know, that process of fluctuation. So some of that will be in the program. Um, thankfully, uh, but, but, you know, we have to just follow our cycle and our flow 99% of the time. And I, I, I just realized those words are kind of like a double entendre. Look at me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, right. You have to figure out what's going to work. And after you have, after you have children and things like that, like your body changes again. So you've got to really be cautious of, you know, where's my body at today? And how can I feed it what it needs? How can I give it what it needs? How can I stretch so I feel okay? You know, all of these, all of these things play, play into the equation. So that's why I'm not a one size fits all type of gal. <laughs> and I think that's the best way to be. So, <laughs> Grass, <yes. laughs> so we need, we need, we need uh, coaches of every variety, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I think, you know, yours, your program specifically is focused around mental health. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's going to be your big focus, obviously, right? Definitely. Like carrying these women out into, into the next chapter of their lives. Yes. Being that Definitely. I'm so excited. So, so, so excited. <laughs> if you haven't checked out the Pilates Movement and Wellness Online Studio and all of the goodies inside of it, make sure to check out the link in the show notes below. I want to ask you, you want this program to be geared specifically towards black women or women of color. Tell me why you feel that this is important. Definitely. So, and I love this question. You have always great questions. It wasn't even until recently that I was adamant about doing it this way or, you know, more driven towards doing it this way. I, I actually, and like, I, I think I might've mentioned this already, like, this is not a program that I, I just decided I wanted to make, you know, this has been a brain baby for a really, really long time. And um, the timing just kind of feels right to do it this year. So hopefully between in, in Q2, okay, hold me to it. But <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, and, and, and there's an example in, in Grand Army, which is a, it's a new show on Netflix about young teens. And this young girl pretty much described it almost exactly, but you know, as a young Black woman or a young person of color, I'll speak about my experience as a Black woman. You know, we we grow, I, I personally grew up in Canada. I, I, I don't know that your listeners may be all around the world. So we're in Canada, we're in the GTA in Toronto, Brampton specifically, shout out Brampton. But, <laughs> you know, I'm a first generation Canadian. Both of my parents um, came to Canada from Ghana. So that's in West Africa. And, you know, it's not like they were, they were, they were brought to this country with, with a lot of help, with a lot of support, with a lot of, you know, love and or guidance, you know, they came here and did, went through a lot of hurdles to even be in this country, let alone thrive, let alone grow, let alone, you know, set foundations for their family. So I find that, you know, growing up as a young black woman, not only were experience, I not only was I experiencing that, you know, shift in culture. So these are my parents and they've got a completely culture, but I'm also growing up in Canada with it with another culture. You know, I'm I'm also experiencing just what it feels like to be a black person. And I I would argue that prior to the events of even last year, of last year, that that most people were not aware of 
what was actually going on in the world, you know, let alone just in Canada, because we do have it in Canada, ladies and friends. If you didn't know, I'm going to I'm going to let you know now. OK, it is not exclusive to America um, and it's not exclusive to third world countries. You know, Canada's Canada is, is, is a great place to live, of course, but it is not uh, scotch free. So basically um, that entire experience about, you know, being a first generation Canadian, being black in general, being a black woman, let alone, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a depth to our experience that only other black women, I would argue, understand. Yes. I, I'm going to back that up as being a white woman. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank not not you from you, from, not from experience, obviously. <laughs> yes. But, but from observation. Yes. Yeah. So, so with that being said, it's, there's, there, I, I understand your experience and, you know, it's, it's, it's usually that in my, in my experience as well, that black women don't always get the love, support and guidance that we need um, when we need it. So I'm going to throw out a few different archetypes and you can let me know, you know, how, the, how you respond to them. But, you know, usually we're the, we're the one loud, we're the one who's, you know, potentially dramatic in everybody's face or situations. You know, that's how we're viewed. That's how we're perceived. We're not necessarily allowed to be soft. We're not necessarily allowed to, you know, be vulnerable. <laughs> we're not we're, we're usually the the backbone of our entire culture our entire families um and I even have to I even can think about my own mom as an experience as a let's say as an example of this like she being the matriarch was is not was is the let's say epitome of what uh black women are kind of forced or viewed to be you know and and there's so many different aspects. There's so much more to who we are as people. And um, I just don't feel like that's being explored enough. So that's ultimately, you know, where it comes from. And I don't even think I, I gave that Grand Army example. I got so distracted. I got caught off in conversation. But in Grand Army, this young girl is talking about her experience as a Black woman. Um, and she she is, if you haven't watched the show, this is likely going to be a spoiler alert, but I'm doing it anyways. So she she ultimately wants to work with a social working company who is a support system to young Black girls. And in her interview, she's talking to these uh, to these women. And she talks about the fact that you know, she has to watch her parents struggle. Oh, not only, not her parents, sorry, because she was in a single parent home. So she's like, I have to watch my mom struggle every single day. I literally go to school and work so hard every single day so that I can get into a good university. I have a part-time job. So as to make money to support my family, I, in addition to that, you know, am a young girl who is getting to know boys, is exploring her own life, exploring her own potentially sexuality, etc. And she was talking about how, you know, as uh, growing up in this experience, not only is she personally angry and, you know, filled with, let's say, pain or, or, or uh, hurt as she's growing up in this environment, but she's also conditioned to walk into the world as someone who visibly, obviously, is a different skin tone and is naturally treated like they have one. So they, 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 they walk into stores and get followed. They, you know, they see young black men or young other, you know, men of color being persecuted by the law. 
we see the prison industrial complex. Like there's so many layers of, of institutionalized racism and discrimination that, you know, most people who aren't black and or, you know, a person of color um, is aware of. So she talks about how angry that that makes her. And and because she has no support system, she wants to be able to join this company and help other women by trying to give them a support system. Mm -hmm. She made a a really powerful story and she's like, I'm angry all the time and I have no one to talk to. I have nowhere to place that anger. And it broke my heart. I think I sobbed. <laughs> I think I sobbed watching it, but that's how it felt for me growing up. You yeah. know, I was the youngest of four in this uh, first generation Canadian family. Each one of my older siblings have their own path and their own, you know, way to, to, to uh, show up in the world, but they're navigating that same reality of what should I do? How can I do this? How can I show up in a way where, you know, I'm not going to be, let's say, racially profiled where I'm not going to be abused and or and or like discriminated against by police officers I have a brother I know (laughs) I've there if I could start to tell you the list of things like there's a there's a lot so so it's really 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 important to me to to kind of be able to foster what could be a safe space for for women of color while they're going throughout this journey because there's I, I I didn't have that much support when I was experiencing it and I did have some to, to the level that I'm, I'm here where I am today but there needs to be more there needs to be way more so that's really it I just wanted to be a support system to black women in a way where you know I understand you I hear you I've been where you are you know and and, and ideally I think I'm you know starting to be in this place where I, I can be where you want to be, or you can be where I am, if that makes sense, right? Yes. Like, yeah, open all of the things that you want to create based on, you know, this new revived version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to help facilitate that and support them throughout the process, because we need it. Okay, we need it. We need support. We need, we need to be seen as, you know, not the strong the strong black friend all the time, you know, the strong, uh, the strong, loud, et cetera, et cetera. You can fill in the blank, but you know, I, you're allowed to be soft. You're allowed to be just as delicate as anybody else. You're allowed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, a person. (laughs) So that's pretty much it. Like a person with depth and so many facets, you know, and I was just, I was getting emotional listening to you. I'm so this is why I'm so excited about your program. And I've been reading um, this book by Rachel Ricketts, who's a Canadian and her book is called do better. And it's like kind of the spiritual um, healing from white supremacy. And she talks about that, about this whole concept of being the strong friend. And she tells this heartbreaking story about how um, she had this best friend who she was living with. This best friend was a white woman. And how this white woman like basically failed her. Yeah. And the story is that her mother was dying. And so she was in this place where she had to care for her mother mm-hmm. and her, and she sat down with her friend and told her exactly what she needed. She said, this yeah. is what I need from you right now. I need you to support me. I and laid it all out nice and clearly. Yeah. Well, her white friend bailed on her. Um, 
And years later, they came back together to talk. And, you know, obviously they were no longer friends and they stopped speaking. Yeah. And her white friend basically just said that she was uncomfortable with her, her, her friend's emotions and that she did, because she was such a strong woman Mm -hmm. that she didn't feel like she needed to step in and help her, even though she specifically laid out her needs. Mm -hmm. So to all the white women out there (laughs) who have black female friends, yeah, just stand by your friends. You don't need to fix anything. You don't need to be the fixer. You just need to be there, be there and support them. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that up because, you know, even, even thinking back to my own experience, like, and I don't think I mentioned this, but most people did not know what I was going through. Yeah. If, if not all, right. Like there was a, there's probably a handful of people who, who really knew I was in the hospital, who really knew like anything like that. Because like when I was in high school, when things were rough or even in middle school, when things started, I was on sports teams. You know, I was, I was on teams. I was, if I were talking about specifically high school, I was on the football team. I was on the rugby team. I was on the volleyball team. I was the captain of the rugby team. I was the captain of the football team. <laughs> I was in the instrumental program at my high school. I went to an art school. So I played, I came in, I auditioned on the flute. I learned oboe while I was there. I learned guitar. I learned piano. Oh I had choir after school. <laughs> I was like, like I've, this is it's not it's not yeah. vo- like no one is exempt that's what I'm trying to that's that's yeah. probably really the point that I'm trying to make yeah. right it is the strongest people in your life the ones who you see everywhere the ones who you see walking around talking you know showing up as a quote-unquote powerful person mm-hmm. you know who are struggling the same as anybody else yeah and I found it even in my own history that it was like even in, there were moments where, you know, were, and especially, and we don't even, I don't even want to crack the, the can of worms that is how Black women are, 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 are addressed in the, in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. But, but the 90% of the time, I won't say 90, but that's an overstatement, but more than half of the time, I, I was like justifying my pain, my struggle. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, but, but you're, but you're social. Mm-hmm. You have and can make friends easily. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I think I'm sure. <laughs> I think I know what it's like to be in my own head. But okay, you know. And it's it's really just that feeling. It's really, really that feeling and that phenomenon. Like. I don't know why, I don't know why, and I don't know how it started, but black women are really just seen as these indestructible beings on some level. And it's like, no, we, we feel, we feel everything that you feel, you know, regardless of if we are, Mm. um, you know, energetic, regardless of if we are the strong friend who's really good at supporting others, that does not mean that we don't need support, love, help, all the things ourselves, you know, so so that was, that's also something that I, I really hope to, you know, to break the stigma of because, and, and it, it just goes, breaks down to, you know, more of my, my mental illness philosophy or mental wellness philosophy. And it's, mm. it's, it's really just around like, and nobody is void of pain in life, whether you feel like you're depressed or you, or you're suicidal, you know, 
and you're in the extreme of it or you you know you you just have a bad day and you you just react to everything and you know you 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 feel terrible but can wake up tomorrow and still be fine you know whatever that looks like to you but everybody's going to experience some level of of pain of heartbreak etc throughout life because that's life yeah um but but it's it's interesting to me that you know for some reason because somebody is a specific way or because they have a job that they love or a career that they love or um, a family, et cetera, that they should automatically be okay 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they should always be happy. They should always be this. They should always be that. But that's not true. That's literally not true. No. Every human being, regardless of their career, their vocation, their calling, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, yeah. is, 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 is not bereft from human emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's it's learning to navigate that process that I think is going to be more important for us in the future, you know, not yeah. just in coaching, but for everybody as, as a whole. And it's that that everyone is is feeling things, especially right now in this pandemic. Right. Like so many people are struggling and nobody now is saying, oh, are you sure? Why? Mm-hmm. You have everything that you need. You know, now that 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 things are so uncertain, people are like you know, be more empathetic, be more caring, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, like, let's, let's get over the fact that you, you don't need, you, you don't have things and you're, you're struggling, right? Like when you have things again, you can still be struggling. Yeah. yeah. You know, like struggling, <laughs> pain is pain. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, material belongings do not solve problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I want to circle back to this high, high achieving Jeanette yeah. as yes. a young child sure. and, <laughs> and this whole idea that a lot of black women and black people in general have to yeah. overachieve in yeah. order to have access. You're bringing the, up all the good points today. Yes. To, to, to have access to the same amount of things. Like I didn't do any of that stuff when I, like, I, I did not, I mean, I wasn't athletic and I had my own strengths and stuff, but I, I was not in, immersed in as many activities as you were and likely excelling them, ex- excelling in them. Like you were, how does that, how, how is Jeanette today? Is Jeanette still the overachieving? <laughs> honestly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of honest. I found I've, and I found a, um, let's say a happy medium mm-hmm. okay. in, a, in, a, in a sense, because, yeah. and once again, guys, it's about finding your flow, you know, mm-hmm. and I find as an individual, if I'm not in like, I don't, I'm trying not to use the word busy anymore, mm-hmm. but if I, if I don't have a project or a task to work on, like, I just don't like it. It's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me feel good. Right. Not that I don't like to relax or, you know, to, to get centered and to ground myself, all of those things I still love to do. Uh-huh. But the but the balance or the equilibrium that I set for myself is definitely more work than play. Yeah. But that's what works for me as yeah. a person, right? Yeah. I still have to factor in those moments to play, however, or else or else, you know, yeah. we we don't good things don't happen. You yeah. know, my my flow is probably like a 70-30-80-20 split, yeah. something like that, of like work <laughs> to work to play, work to fun, right? Yeah. But that's just that's just my flow. And yeah. individually, you know, you, you do have to find what works for you. But yes, I'm definitely uh, I don't want to use the word overachiever. I definitely still <laughs> have a lot of, you know, 
a lot of things that I, I like and I yeah. enjoy and I, I still want to create in the world. Yeah. Um, I am, I am still, I am definitely more, let's say more focused than I might've been when I was in high school. I was yeah. doing probably way more, way more yeah. different varying projects and project points. But uh, right now it's uh, yeah. kind of linear to personal and professional development. So that's awesome. And I just really, I love the fact that you brought up earlier this, uh, uh, like how much, how much black people or, you know, work and I would, I would argue, you know, even amongst people of color that this is a phenomenon that their parents teach them or a, uh, a situation that their parents teach them if you're a child of immigrant parents. Um, but specifically with, uh, with being a black woman, my father would literally always say like, you, you know, you need to work extremely hard in this country, right? You have to work harder than your white counterparts. You know, yeah. you, you need to do everything in your power to be able to see, to be seen as someone who is both professional, both you know, uh, um, capable um, here and is able to, you know, do what you want to do in the world. Um, So there was, there was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there was a lot of, yeah, I guess the word is pressure. There's definitely a lot of pressure that comes with that because you, you realize that very young, or maybe it's just a belief that's put into you, whichever way you want to flip it, both are true, um, Mm -hmm. that, you need to work harder than people who don't look like you because you're, you're going to be presented with less opportunities than them. Right. You're, you're going to, you're not going to be given things as, as, as quickly and as easily as they're give as they are given to them. So the only way that you're going to be able to stand out is if you, if you are excellent pretty much. So that situation definitely hit was probably one of the biggest factors of even me spiraling into, you know, more mental illness at the time was because I was, I was working so hard to be this perfect person. Yeah. And then realizing that I wasn't, and it broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I'm normal. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I just meant that, you know, I'm, Mm. I'm like everyone else. I'm human. I'm not going to avoid you know, the, the, the depths of humanity, right. Yeah. As much as I'm working towards a goal and, you know, I, I do want to be this high achieving person. Yeah. Uh, I'm still a human being who has to go throughout that ebb and flow of life. So exactly. that was a hard realization for me at yeah. the right age of yeah. 15. So, you know, because this podcast is about movement, I want, yes. I, I want you to share what, what you feel movement and exercise play in building a life after mental illness. When you're experiencing mental illness, um, one of the one of the uh, fastest that you could say result like driven activities you can do for yourself is to get out of your body and into your or out of your mind and into your body, right? Because when you're in your head about all of the things going wrong, when you're in your head about you know all of the pain, etc., you know you are usually a little more stagnant. You're mm-hmm. usually in a position where you know it's uh in a bed, in full-blown burrito mode, if you know, you know, um, whether it's, you know, you being in your room, et cetera, like you're not usually in motion while you're in pain. So one of the, one of the, the one of the things they will, they, whoever they is, but one, one of the, one of the, the quickest <laughs> remedies is to, you know, start to move, is to go for a walk, go for a run, start to exercise in any way that you can, yoga, Pilates, right? Whatever that may be. And for me in the beginning, I was like, I work out all the time. Like it's, I was obviously an athlete at that time. So I was like, I am in movement. (laughs) And you know, some days, some days it was moving 
it was the yeah. it was the it was the 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 uh you know, the desire to go to a, a sports practice that was going to make me feel better that day, you know, not going to class and sitting there all day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I definitely started to recognize that over time, you know, it, it's, it's about the intention behind the exercise, but ultimately it's to get out of your mind and into your body with a strong intention to feel better when you're done exercising, when you're done moving, when you're done grooving, whatever it is, right? The, the, the chemicals that are created in your mind in your body, when you get out and physically start to do things, you know, they speak for themselves. So for me at the time, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, I was playing a lot of sports. So that was, that didn't feel like an, like a necessarily like a, like a mental release. Right. So I was like, okay, well, it's, I'm already playing sports, you know, and it helps, but it's not like it's pushing the needle forward. Um, So then I started to get into yoga, I started to get into meditation. And I realized that, you know, through the intention being, you know, I'm, I'm going to feel better after this, I'm going to leave it on the mat. Um, I'm going to process how I'm feeling throughout all of these things while I'm here. Um, Kind of was the difference maker, to be honest with you, because there's something very as a human being, let's say this, as a human being, we, we have these, these parts that make up of ourselves, right? We've got our mind, we've got our spirit, we've got our soul, and we've got our bodies. And our bodies are usually the thing that we're the most reactive about, but it's the thing that we should be the most proactive about. Mm-hmm. So not know, like if you, if you don't stretch every, like any day, and then you, you know, you try to reach for something and then you pull your back, that's when you start to react to it. But if you're stretching every single day, and then, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're less likely to, to pull your back or to do any of these things that, that will cause you to react in a way, you know, you're already limber, you're already fresh. So mm-hmm. it, it was really just around implementing some of these new strategies for myself around movement and allowing myself to, you know, stop thinking so much and start doing a little more with the intention that I was going to feel better when it was over. So movement to me in in relation to mental health is, is really just about, is about making the mental physical because this is tangible, right? It's the most tangible that you can make it. And I'm moving, I'm opening and closing my hands right now for the viewers. You can't see it, but it's your body, your physical matter is tangible. Your emotions, your, your, uh, your limiting beliefs, your uh, intrusive thoughts, those are not tangible. It's harder. It's hard to catch those. Sometimes it's hard to stop them. They, they, those are, those are going to be the constant things that are always running through your mind mm-hmm. um, for a long time until you change it. Yeah. But at least your body is something that you can physically feel, you know, growing throughout the process. Mm-hmm. So I find when you do the, the two hand in hand, is when you achieve the best results, right? And that's why health is going to be one module, guys, because this part's yeah. important. <laughs> to, to find a way, to find a way to move throughout your pain, to, uh-huh. to physically, you know, address it. And it may not be, you know, the fact that you got to go to an hour, you got to go to the gym for an hour and, and deadlift or do heavy squats, right? It's, uh-huh. It could literally just be stretching. Uh-huh. Every morning and every night, I'm going to stretch. Yeah. Every morning, I'm going to go walk outside, put my feet in the grass and stretch like whatever that means to you. But it's the intention and the movement that both will go hand in hand for you to get out of your head 
out of the out of the the thinking and into the physical into the feeling into the the tangible world of you know your body so that's kind of that's where I see it playing a role and you know that's where I see uh, a lot of let's say growth in in many many people is is creating a, a safe let's say and a safe a, a open a uh a positive environment around movement in general that can help facilitate the mind body soul connection that I love so much that yeah. I really talked about more last time we spoke but um <laughs> but definitely uh that's a part of it right there's a reason why it's mind body soul because yeah. your body is your body is very very important you only get one right thing and it just goes to show that our overall wellness it's mm-hmm. not you know movement meditation, nutrition, community, connection, like they're all part of the whole picture. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, we can't just focus in on movement, like in your experience. I mean, you were moving your body constantly and there was a piece, there was a piece Mm -hmm. missing for you and you didn't realize it. And it, and of course it's of no fault of your own because, you know, not everyone is being taught all the tools that they need at an early age. So I'm really glad that you were able to find something that works for you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end it here today. But if Jeanette, if uh, people want to find you on social yes. media or any other platform, where, where can they do that? Yeah. So I am going to do better at posting this year. Okay. Believe me. <laughs> I'm believe me. Okay. Then hold me accountable to it too. You can find me at Jeanette Oduro on Instagram. So J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E-O-D-U-R-O. Um, you can find me at the same thing on Facebook as well. Um, and uh, those are probably the two best places to reach me because I am barely on LinkedIn. I will be honest with you, barely. <laughs> and yeah, so base, best places would be Instagram and Facebook at Jeanette Oduro. Give me, a, give me a follow. I'll follow you back. Send me a message on Facebook. Say hello. Um, I usually don't add people I don't know on Facebook. So if you start with Instagram, you'll have better luck. Jeanette, thank you so much. This was another magical conversation. Um, of course, it wasn't the same as last time, but you know what? It just, um, I feel yeah. like it needed to be, it needed to be this conversation clearly. Hey, yeah. But I, honestly, I agree. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me again. I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, you know, you allowing me to, to speak on your platform. And uh, again, just happy to be here, happy to contribute. Thank you so much for listening in to Matters of Movement, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Whalen Chabot, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Matters of Movement. And if you want to buy a tank top or just check out my website, you can do that at mattersofmovement.ca. In order for our podcast to reach a bigger audience, you can show your support and love by subscribing to reviewing and rating this podcast. See you next time where we will continue to explore all matters related to movement together.